On this episode of the Mompreneur Show, I'm talking to Erin Chase. She's a wife, a mother of four boys, and the owner of $5dinners.com. I'm your host, Vika Lashenko, and this is the show that features amazing stories of the most remarkable mompreneurs. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome, Erin. It's so, so, so good to have you here. How are you today? Good. I'm doing well. A busy Monday, but doing well. Uh, busy Monday, Mama Four Boys, of course. It's always a busy Monday. So, Erin, can you share with us your journey of entrepreneurship? How did you get started and what was your journey like so far? So, I am definitely what you would call an accidental entrepreneur, an accidental mompreneur. And I started my online business not knowing I was starting an online business back in 2008. So the gas prices were going up and my husband is a teacher and we were on a tight budget already and we needed to cut back somewhere. So I started spending less money on groceries. That was kind of my game and my challenge. And I did. I cut our grocery bill in half. And in the process, I started sharing just things I was learning and what I was buying at the store and what I, you know, what deals I was getting on my family blog that was really a blog about the boys and at that time the speech therapy journey that they were on. So I was already blogging, but more just hobby family. You know, my family was in in Texas. We lived in Ohio. So I was sharing, you know, there and my sister was like, I really don't care what you're buying at the grocery store. I just want to know how the boys are doing. And so I was like, okay, she's got a point. And so probably like later that week, it was all, it, it, it was all really quickly that this happened. I was, you know, doing the dishes after dinner one night and my thing with my husband, as I was getting so excited about these deals and offers and prices I was getting for different ingredients, I was like, I would break down the cost of each meal. And I was quickly discovering that all the meals that I was making for our then family of four, now we're family of six, um, was they were all under $5 because I was playing the meat sale game and I was playing the produce sale game and it was summer at that time. So produce was super inexpensive and there was a lot of different options, right? So as I was breaking down, you know, the cost of each meal, I would just tell my husband like to the penny how much it was. Like my brain was just remembering these things because I was so excited about it and I'm kind of a math numbers nerd anyways. And so I was doing the dishes one night and I, I so clearly remember even to this day, it was kind of like the news ticker or like on ESPN, like the sports ticker, like the scores on the bottom of the TV screen or whatever. It was just like this ticker went across my brain and it was like $5 dinners, $5 dinners, $5 dinners, like all the way across. And so I literally turned the water off, washed my hands, you know, dry my hands off, jumped over to the computer and started Googling, like, who's doing budget-friendly meals on a blog? Because I knew enough about blogs. I knew there were a lot of bloggers out there. Well, there were some bloggers out there at the time. Now there's a lot. But and there wasn't anything. There was maybe one that was sort of in the, in the realm, but they weren't really posting. And so I thought, I'm going to do this. So I started sharing what we had for dinner with the cost breakdown every night. Well, five days a week, I was sharing that. And it took off so quickly. And probably three weeks in, it was right before the 2008 election, so this was September, I remember hearing the word recession for the first time in the news, I think it was that September 2008, and I think just the concept of 
you know, this $5 dinners concept really resonated with people. And it, I, within the second month, I had put ads on the website through a major ad network at that time, one of the biggest ad networks. And in the third month, when I went back in to check on my dashboard, I thought, oh, I can make more than 10 cents an ad click. You know, it, it, I was surprised at how much potential there was. And so, again, started it as a hobby, just sharing what was there. And then because it resonated so well with people and because I then started spending so much more time on it, it quickly morphed into an official business for me. Wow. So it all happened accidentally, um, which is very interesting. Were you embracing the the change in your life? Um, Were you excited about the opportunities or were you kind of like, oh, this is an opportunity, but I don't know if I want to do this. You know what? I've always been all in, you know, because everybody says this. It goes back to your passion, right? And comes back Mm -hmm, to your why, mm -hmm. right? Like my why is helping people. I've always had a servant's heart and always been helping people my entire life, right? I was in the medical field before. Then I was a missionary. Now I'm doing this. Like this is just, this is the core of what I do, right? And so, no, it wasn't hard to transition. Sure, there's been some, like, risky, like, when we're trying to make decisions, like, should we go this direction or that direction? Now, more recently, that's a little bit more, you know, I don't want to say fear-inducing, but just it's it's a little bit more challenging now to make the smart, right decisions now that we have this, you know, full-time business running with where, where we're, you know, supporting other people and whatnot. So, but at the time, no. I mean, I was a stay-at-home mom with two little boys, and then I was pregnant with my third son, and pretty the next year after that. And so, yeah, it just sort of happened and it kind of evolved and it continues to evolve and continues to grow and just kind of become this great, um, my, my assistant jokes, that it's the empire, right? We're building this empire oh, over here. So yeah. that it's just sort of evolved all the way into that. So I wouldn't say that it was hard. It just sort mm-hmm. of happened again. Mm-hmm. entrepreneur. <laughs> so did you, uh, oh, but before this happened, um, were you interested in business at all? Were you looking for something to do at home or did it just really, truly happen just like that? It, it really, truly happened just like that. And obviously I made smart decisions along the way. I would say that I have sort of that natural entrepreneur acumen maybe, mm-hmm. but no, I went, I have a, a, a bachelor's of science degree in biology. I set foot in the business building one time when I was in college and that was for a nutrition class that then got moved to another building, like literally one time. I have no idea mm. what the business school looks like where I went to school. And then I have a master's degree in education and, and not really a lot of business training in that degree either. So mm. no, not really. I have by my own will and time basically taught myself specifically for online business as well, just basic general um, business practices and then online business for sure. I have read so many books in the last two or three years just help that, that have helped me make decisions and shape you know, where things are going. Hmm. Very, very interesting. There are so many moms watching us right now that don't have a business right now. They are trying so hard to figure it out, to um, pick some kind of business to go to, to, to start, but I feel like that is the most hardest situation to be in when you're searching long and hard, but nothing is showing up. Do you have any um, advice for like how to look out for it? Like what were the steps that 
um, the whole five dinners evolved in? Like, what are the signs that uh, we should be looking out for? So for me, it was my problems, right? It was, I need to make more budget-friendly meals. I need to cut our grocery bill in half. Mm-hmm. I need to figure out this freezer cooking thing, which now has evolved into its own brand, a second secondary brand from $5 dinners. And so for me, it's just where I'm at moving through life as a busy mom. Those problems, I created the solutions for those. So I don't think it has to be something in your own life, though. So I would really... Um, just dig in conversations with other people, right? Like, so when you're talking, like, what's your biggest challenge in your life right now? Like, what's, what problem are you having? And maybe you're having the same one too. You just don't even realize it. And maybe you have the perfect solution for it. Like, that's really what it comes down to. You know, that's where, that's how all these big, you know, new online businesses and apps have come into play. Like Uber solves a problem, right? Um, Lyft is just the competition, you know? So you have to really, figure out what that is and then figure out the easiest way to provide the solution. And it could be that you have to risk it and have something built or developed or whatever it may be. Um, I know people who are sinking lots of money into things that will then have huge ROI um, and they will, you know, earn back well more than what they've invested in them. So it's really, I think a combination of finding what that particular, you know, problem is for the people in your life or yourself. And then being willing to risk providing that solution. Mm-hmm. And the risk comes in, you know, what is, what, how much money am I going to have to spend to build this? Or how much money, how many people am I going to have to bring onto my team to sustain this, right? So that's, you know, yeah. those are factors you've got to consider. Um, for myself, I have always been a do the sweat equity, mm-hmm. you know, be the sweat equity until I have enough capital to cash flow to bring help in right so even with this brand new brand that i just um, launched in february i spun it i've kind of spun it out of five dollar dinners the freezer cooking brand freeze easy i did all of it myself all of it every single piece of it until we launched and then higher 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 right and once we had the capital to do that i hired as fast as i could um in 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 being able to sustain it obviously I, i don't want to run out of cash but um so that I could build it and grow it faster. I brought on software developers within a month of, you know, launching it. So that's always been my approach. Um, I've always been that way with um, sweat equity until I can hire. But there are absolutely other, you know, sort of strategies and models where you could, you know, get funding or you Mm. can, you know, sweat equity to funding or there's there's different ways that you can go about doing it. Yeah. I I love everything you said. Like Erin, you're amazing. Okay, so let's let's go back a little bit and you talk you mentioned sweat equity. I am a huge proponent of, uh, of sweat equity and the thing is is that you know there's quotes going around floating on internet that if you want to be successful you um can have three I mean, it depends how fast you want to, if you want to go successful fast, you got to have the money. If you want to have, uh, be successful and don't have the money, you got to have the time. And so I think that, um, when you do start something, you have to invest that time, a lot of sweat equity. And, and I know that's what you, that's what you meant by that, but can you elaborate a little bit on the sweat equity? Like how was your life like when you were hustling and building, um, let's just talk about the freeze easy, um, the freezable meals. How, what was your schedule like? Did you like, 
even sleep? <laughs> yes. I like to sleep a lot. Actually. I'm, a, I'm an eight hour a night kind of girl. Oh, that's so, awesome. <laughs> so, yes, I, I have $5 dinners as my core. And then I have a course that kind of goes along with that, the grocery budget makeover. So those are my two core products, I would say, and where I spend a good majority of my time. And so then Freeze Easy became my side hustle, if you will. And it's all so related and they're all so connected that it didn't really feel like a side hustle because it was just another way of doing this. And going back, I already was doing the freezer cooking meal plans on $5 dinners. I just spun it out into its own things, which of course means new website development, new content. You know, it does mean a lot, but I would devote usually a day. I, I like to break out my schedule into days. So on Monday, I focus on this brand. On Tuesday, I focus on this brand. And obviously, there's a little crossover that happens each day. But if I can drill in onto the project that, that's on the slate for that week, you know, really spend a couple hours working in it, then I can go faster. I can grow faster, right? And so with Freeze Easy, I would just devote a, a portion of each week um, and a good chunk of one day and developing it. And my brain sort of thinks in project management style. And if you're familiar with the scrum project management style, I've worked in that on a, on a team in the past. And so I just took a lot of that experience and knowledge and then applied it to this. And both for my own self and for the little bit of outsourcing that I did do before we launched. I did a little bit. I mean, I had to have my, my, my tech encoder guy you know, set up the website because I would blow it up if I tried to do that, right? So there was a little bit of help. But for the most part, I was writing the recipes. I was formatting the recipes. I was creating the templates and plugging the, t- the recipes into this template because it's a different style. At the same time, I was doing that, you know, sort of the Stephen Covey concept of begin with the end in mind. I was setting up the template knowing that I was going to develop a software. And so what were the software developer developers going to need and want for that, you know, to develop this plugin that will then show recipes. So I kind of already, I thought ahead in that way already. So as I was going, I was able to sort of streamline and work really quickly and efficiently on my own until then I was able to bring in, you know, now we have the developers, I have recipe entry folks, I have three recipe editors, right? Because this has to be perfect. Um, I want the, re- the recipes to be perfect. So we have these, these, I've created these, I guess, systems and layers and processes to make it work and make it work quickly. Mm, okay. So we're going to talk about systems in just a bit, but I do want to go back a little bit and touch upon um, hiring. So hiring, when I hire, it really motivates me to work harder and to bring in that money to cover that hiree and more. And I was wondering, like, do you find the same thing with you? Like, do you find that correlation where hiring really um, makes you hustle, not like harder, but really smarter? Yes, because it forces you, when you're delegating things to folks, and now I'm delegating things to several folks on the same project, right? Like, we have five of us right now, I think, working on My Freeze Easy six, but one, one girl's kind of she and I just together and then everybody else works as a team. Um, it's, yeah, I have to have my ducks in a row so I can be communicating, you know, down this line and then down this line and then down this line and then all of these people need to know. So yeah, it really has helped me um, be accountable to income for sure and revenue. 
and also have my ducks in a row to make sure that this is, there's my goal, and this kind of goes back to the scrum model that I mentioned a minute ago, is to not have anybody waiting on anybody else, right? I don't Mm -hmm. want anybody on the team waiting for somebody else who's going to miss the deadline, right? And so that's why that's why we're able to move so fast, I think, because we have it all set up in such a way that nobody's waiting on anybody ever mm. is my hope. <laughs> so good. Not perfect, but that's my, that's what we're working towards. Okay. So how, so when you started the $5 uh, dinners, um, when, let's talk about um, income sources for, for right now. Um, Cause you know, a lot of, a lot of moms are just starting out. They want to know, like they have this blog, how do they monetize it? Um, can you, uh, share a little bit about that with us and how soon were you able to uh, break even with your blog? So the website early on, like the third month was making money in advertising, but it's because it had so much traffic. So obviously everything depends on traffic. Yeah. But yes, at the time I was spending all of my time on content marketing, right? And this, I didn't even have a Facebook page when this started, like they didn't even exist. Right. So <laughs> very different. Back then we all marketed our content on Twitter. Now nobody does. <laughs> so it's, you kind of have to roll with it and evolve with it, but, you know, figure out where your folks are. I got into Pinterest fairly early, not super early. I wasn't one of the super early adopters, but I got on fairly early and that it was able to, you know, that's continues to be one of my top sources of traffic for $5 dinners because we have so much content out there. And so, yeah, monetization, I would say, you know, driving traffic because ads, you know, that's the number one. If you can set up DFP, which is a waterfall where different ad networks compete against each other and the highest paying ad serves first, that's going to be your biggest um, money in terms of ad revenue. Affiliate marketing is a great way to earn an uh, uh, affiliate commissions. So finding somebody who's got a product Mm -hmm. or a brand who has products on an affiliate, third-party affiliate site. So somebody like ShareSale or FlexOffers or LinkShare, those are third-party affiliates that are going to have all kinds of affiliate offers. That's a great way to do it. You know, then there's someone like me who has my own products, and then I have an affiliate program you know, that you can use. If your audience is interested in meal plans and saving money on groceries, mm-hmm. then I will pay you to, <laughs> yeah. to promote yeah. it and, and earn commissions on any sales, right? So that actually, Ad Networks and affiliate income was, were the two main revenue streams that I had Wow. for the first five years. It was wow. ago that we started selling our own products. And so That's that amazing. I, it was just me and my tech guy and my assistant and they're married. So that's perfect. Um, it was really the three of us, um, for a long time. And then I started slowly bringing in help for her. And so now she's more of a project manager role in a project management role, um, with a couple of our team members now. And wow. yeah, that's Aaron. That's incredible. Like, I'm, you totally answered my question because I wanted to ask you, do you create your own product first and then have the affiliates? But you, um, you worked with affiliates for a long time before you actually created your own product. Now, can you share with us a little bit about your own product and what it entails? Because there's a lot of food bloggers watching us, and I know I've, um, I've interviewed a few other food bloggers too. And I mean, financial bloggers, whatever, bloggers in general, like they say they give away information for free. Why would anybody buy the same information in an ebook? Can you talk to us about that? Sure. So the internet has everything. Yes, it doesn't have everything done well. Okay. So that's what you need to know and understand. So sure. I'm in the meal planning space. It's super competitive, 
but I have a very large audience and a lot of that audience knows me and is connected to me as sort of the leader and their guide in the kitchen, right? And that's why I think all these different meal planning sites are working is because they're personality driven and, you know, folks are drawn to certain personalities and certain styles of cooking. And that's why it's worked for me. So I have two meal planning subscription services. One is just a weekly meal plan and the, or I send you a different meal plan every week, different recipes, all different types of recipes, dessert, snack, lunch, breakfast, dinners, you know, all different, slow cooker, all kinds. Very, very wide variety every week. And then I have a freezer cooking website, which this is the new one. And it's just freezer meals. And we offer eight different options of meal plans for you to choose from. And here very shortly, the software that I've referenced or mentioned will be available for use in August. And so you'll be able to pick your own freezer meal plans, right? You can pick the recipes that you want that's going to work for your family. So, and then I have a course, right? I have a course that's a video course. We open it up three times a year. It's a, I, I talk about it as a class. Um, where I teach people how to cut their grocery bill in half. There is a lot of information on the internet about that. There is not a anywhere where there is a system like I teach. Okay, so that's, I think, where you find success, is if you can create something that's unique and different and that works, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. where it makes sense to have something like the grocery budget makeover course, right? Um, I am a part of um, a friend of mine developed a fashion course, and I am fashion clueless, and I was shocked at what I did not know. And I have actually taken some of her concepts and searched for them. They're not there. Wow. Right? What's or they're name? there, but they're not positioned in a way where it all makes sense yeah. to get. Does that make sense? Yeah. Her, that's my friend Kelly and her course is Adore Your Wardrobe. It's phenomenal. It completely blew me away. And granted, I'm fashion clueless. I mean, I know what I look good in and what I don't look good in, sort of, but now I really know, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so anyways, that's, that's where I think you have to figure out what's your unique angle and what, are, what, it, what is it that you're doing well and differently that sure, there might be something about that on the internet somewhere, but not in the way that you're going to teach it and the way that you're going to position it, if that makes sense. Mm, very interesting. And the way you're going to package it, like you mentioned, right. Um, right. it's easy to um, buy something from you and print it out and just have it instead of going around copying and pasting all these recipes um, into Word and then printing it off. So um, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, um, you mentioned, um, so let me go try, let me track back just a little bit and go back to, um, where you mentioned that you were hiring people and then how, how does systems work into this? How did you, how were you able to establish yourself so well that you were able to hire on and just give them that task or whatever without many big hiccups that many people have because um, as far as I know you got to get everything in place and organized on your end before handing it handing it off to somebody else so can you share with us a little bit about that and then the systems that you use um, to do that so my first little tip before I jump into that is 
don't be a micromanager. <laughs> I am like the farthest thing from, I, I wonder if Jen's watching this. She'd be like, yeah, we never talk about anything that she gives me. Like I just give it to her and I know it's going to get done. Right. So part of that is just trust factor and hiring the right person. Right. But I've also worked with Jen for five years, so I know I don't have to worry. And when I say to her, okay, now I need you to do this. I train someone else to do this for you. <laughs> I don't have to worry. She's going to take care of it. Right. So I think that that would be the first thing is not to be micromanaging, but you obviously have to check and make sure that the work is being done because if it's not, then that's a problem, right? So I think it's, you know, striking that balance, I think is just partly a personality thing. Partly, I think something you could certainly learn. Uh, and then also how you're training the people, uh, the people working with you, how you're teaching them, how you're showing them. I have a gal who lives like an hour and a half north of here. So I've had her come into town and we'll just have, you know, uh, half day training where we'll go everything and I'll take videos of everything and you know set them up for later I also have folks who are in I have a gal who edits for me who's in England right mm -hmm. so she's however many seven hours ahead of me mm -hmm. so if I need something done I either got to send it to her really late the night before or right when I wake up you know if it's urgent and so there's those kinds of things that then come into play like you have to be ahead of yourself and you have to be planning in such a way that's going to keep all the tasks working and moving together in the right order. I think that's really the challenging thing. And I've learned that over time and partly learned it with working on this other team that I worked with as a consultant, but is putting the things in the right order so that you're not waiting on yourself and you're not waiting on each other. Yeah, no, that's so important. Yeah, I feel like I feel like when I, w I started hiring, I would always wait on people and uh, setting deadlines is so crucial, like with projects that are a of a priority. So how do you how do you manage all the projects that you have? Do you use some kind of uh, software, online software or? No, my software developers use Assembla, which is very similar to Jira, which is or um, Agile, which is the scrum concept, mm -hmm. I guess, where you mm -hmm. put all the tasks into a backlog and then you bring them all forward to the week or the sprint that you're working on. So I don't, I have, I just work, we work at a Google Docs. We are, mm. I have, I have no storage in Gmail because of Google Docs. <laughs> That's amazing. And so. I've, when I was just starting my, my entrepreneurial journey and actually in between, I've worked for um, a few consultants and a few um, entrepreneurs and they also use Google Docs and that's the only thing they use and they're fine with it. And um, I just feel like personality wise, you really have to know what drives you, what motivates you, what keeps you organized. Like for example... Stephanie Langford, she said she doesn't use anything like no techie apps or anything, just notes on her um, phone in a bullet journal. And that's mm -hmm. the kind of person I am too. And um, besides Trello, of course, I, I love Trello and that's how I organize the show. But um, let, let's move on. So when you hire people, do you hire them based on, um, do you hire them as contractors or as employees? Everybody's a contractor. Mm -hmm. Everybody works part-time. And everybody has a very specific set of duties. Mm -hmm. So, if you know, it, I that's my per particular style yeah. um, of having you know somebody focused on Instagram and Pinterest, somebody mm -hmm. else focused on all the customer service emails across all the different brands. Right? We have mm -hmm. four customer service inboxes. Right? So one person handles all of those. Wow. So you know, it that's my preferred style. Sure, could I have? somebody who's sort of a jack-of-all-trades doing all of those things, yes, but I like to have 
really drilled in focused folks and they're all contractors and they're all doing it for other people. So their, their workload is full, right? Um, or however much they want because they're contractors, you know, doing yeah. similar things for different people, I guess. Oh, so good. So good. And it's funny. I have to refer this to Todd Herman. He talks about um, working on multiple projects at the same time. And it's funny that you delegate one certain project to each of your um, contractors. And he talks about how, like, if you have a whole bunch of things uh, balancing or juggling in your hands, um, that time that it takes for you to refocus your attention on that next subject really takes away that productivity and that time away from you. So, so interesting. He even has like this map of where like how many projects you're working on, how many time you're actually wasting. So very, very interesting. I'm so happy you shared that with us because, um, you know, the mom partner show is growing and I know that some people watching their shows, uh, their businesses are growing and this is very, very valuable information. Just hiring a few part-time people doing very, very specific things. Very, very interesting. So can we talk about your inbox? How in the world do you keep it clean, manage it? And very interesting. One thing I have to know, Erin, is that I emailed you um, when we it was a couple months ago, when we set up the show date, um, and you booked yourself and I said, Hey, fill out this form because there's this guest form, um, that I have guests, uh, fill out. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to fill it out on Monday, the week before we go live. And I'm just like, okay, thank you so much. No problem. Right. And then, I did. And oh my gosh, <laughs> I literally woke up in the morning to an email, um, with that form details and I was like that's amazing that's some really 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 good organizational skills now can you share a little bit about that with us yeah so that's like my ninja style inbox okay so (laughs) I am an inbox zero achiever Mm. right like I don't actually get to inbox zero every single night but I'm definitely under 10 emails every night before I go to sleep and that includes any customer support emails that I need to handle because there are some that my team passes on to me. And because two reasons. One, customers are the most important thing and they need attention every day. So that's why we answer emails every day. I would love to get that into like under two hours or four hours, but we're not quite skilled to that point yet. Soon, I can imagine soon it'll be that way. So... The other thing is that I wouldn't say that I use my inbox as a to-do list because you'll find out how I set that up here in a second. But Mm -hmm. I just, I need to keep it low so that I know that there's not 8,000 people who need my attention, right? Because that's not good or fair. So I keep it low. I delete a lot. Okay, here's the four things I do. I um, defer it, which is what I did with your task, I delete it, I delegate it, or I do it, right? That's somebody else's concept. That's not mine, the four Ds, right? So do it, answer it right away. I generally do that if it's just like a quick answer or if it's somebody who needs my attention immediately. So this morning I woke up to an email from the developers and I had to respond right away. So I did at 7.30 from my bed, (laughs) Right. And so from my computer, in that case, I got my computer because I needed to type out a lot of things. So do it, defer it. 
which in the case of the task you were just mentioning, you said, I need this before the show. I'm like, well, I'm not going to do that right now. I'm not in the mental space to do that right now. So I'm going to set a time on my calendar. So I literally open my calendar. It's already open. It's right next to my inbox and my tabs, right? And I go forward to last Monday and I picked a time, 9 a.m. or whatever time. It says, fill this out and there's a link. And I added the link. So, and then I have the email reminders set up for 10 minutes before the task. And so I woke up that morning. Hey, I need to fill out this form. Okay, fill it out. Move on with my day. So that would be an example of deferring. So I didn't want to do it two months ago when you (laughs) first asked me to, right? So I pushed it forward to when it needed to be done. And I wouldn't call that a procrastination thing because I just put it on my calendar. I wasn't like doing it this morning, right? But it's just deferring it to a time when I know I can set aside, you know, the 15, 20, 30 hour, however much brain space and time I'm going to need for that particular task. And then obviously deleting, I delete a lot. Um, I I would say I delete most. (laughs) So without like when you get random inquiries from people like you, that you don't think is worth your time, is that, is that what you delete? Yeah. Or just like offer deals that I see that I'm not going to post that. I'm not going to share that or no thanks, pass, whatever. And sometimes I'll get follow-ups and follow-ups and follow-ups and I'll just say pass, you know, quickly just from my phone, pass, no thank you, whatever. Um, Very interesting. And then, then delegate. So I'll forward things or I'll tag things with um, a red star that means Jane's going to take care of this one, right? Or I'll forward it and say, hey, can you jump into the inbox and, you know, respond from my inbox. So I have I think four or five people who have access to my inbox who can go in at any time and respond to things. It's more of a brand inbox than my inbox. So, yeah. So how do you balance that? How do you balance your inbox with the brand inbox and then people coming in and out and do they sign their name on the bottom? Like, how does that work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. People mm-hmm. will just say Jen for Aaron, or Jen will say Jen for Aaron or Jane for affiliate. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. We everybody signs their own. Shane, director of customer happiness. You know, mm-hmm, <laughs> everybody mm-hmm. signs their own, their own emails. And it just it's just how it is. I mean, it just how it is. And I actually, maybe a month ago, was entertaining the idea of ditching that inbox entirely and just creating starting from scratch. Mm. <laughs> Which would it, I mean, I would have to keep it as a brand inbox. I I mean, ditching it as like you know all the kids' school stuff goes there. So obviously, yeah. I deal with that stuff. Um, and yeah. I also have lots of filters set up and lots yes. of skip to the inbox. So if I need to go look for something and I can, this is where I'm going to find it. So I am a huge fan of filters and skipping inboxes. Like that's where I got rid of the two prom- fold, uh, the two extra tabs, the promotional and the other stuff. And I literally have all my newsletters, specific newsletters, specific core stuff, all go into separate different filters and folders. So I'm really curious how you use it because I'm totally geeking out right now. Same story. I, I tried the, what, the two tabs in Gmail for all of four hours. Yeah, me too. Me <laughs> I too. said, forget this, delete, delete. Yes. And yeah, I just have, you know, a lot of different filters set up. If I find that I'm getting emails from somewhere that I want to still get them, um, I will set up a filter them either to skip or to tag them. So then if I archive them, then they'll still be tagged into the folder they're supposed to be in. Yes. I've not used like the service unroll me, which is where it, you know, kind of pulls all of your newsletter emails into one newsletter email. I've yeah. not used that. I know other people have had great success with that. Mm-hmm. I just haven't felt the need to do that. And then every probably quarter, maybe every two months, I just go on like a purge. And if for some reason I got 
put on some email newsletter that I don't want to be on, I just start unsubscribing like crazy. But every couple months I'll do that. And um, yeah, I just, it's something you have to stay on top of. I have to answer emails every day. That's just part of my day. Sometimes it's the first thing I do. Sometimes it's the third thing I do, just depending on the what project and what's happening. It was the first thing I did today because I have videos this morning. So it just kind of depends on the day and what's mm-hmm. on the dock for that day. Wow. I'm so glad you shared that with with us, Erin. Uh, That's really great advice. I'm totally like I, f- I feel kind of uh, selfish for asking you that because it's totally for for. Um, for me (laughs) no it's yeah inbox zero I mean if you can get there the the other thing too about it is that I would have missed so many amazing opportunities and I don't think I would have been able to develop some of these tools and meal plans that I've been able to create if I was drowning in my email right because it just if you can keep it under control that frees up your time and your space to do and create market right And uh, also, if there ever comes a point where I'm getting into an email thread that's just back and forth, I'm like, just call me. (laughs) Yeah. Because there's no point in going back and forth in written text. It's a waste of time. So I'd rather just hop on the phone and discuss whatever the issue is or the task. I love that. And that's the strategy that I use too for the show. It's like I found like in the beginning, I would email back and forth with the guest oh, can I have your photo? Oh, but it's not. Oh, can I have this? Oh, and it was like, I look back on the threads. It was like 10 emails, 12 emails. And these, I mean, the people that we have on on the show, like you, Erin, are very busy, very successful mompreneurs. And here I am wasting their time by emailing back and forth. So I feel like that that form really streamlines things. And Yeah, you have a great system for sure. <laughs> oh, thank you, Erin. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. All right, so we're going to wrap up. But before we do, I want to ask you some of the tools that you use. I know we touched upon that a little bit. And you're more of like a freestyle, non-very tooly type of person. But is there anything that really helped you um, in your success in your business? You know, I think it's just, you know, how really it's my Google Docs and just either chat of some kind. I know Slack is a huge thing nowadays. It's not something that we use. We've talked about in, uh, using it, but we don't yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe as this project keeps moving forward faster and faster, we're going to mm-hmm. need to. But, but what, use whatever tools are out there. If Asana is your thing or if you really want to just buy into Jira, it's an amazing software if, you're, if you've got a huge project mm-hmm. on your hands. Um, for me, it's just checklists and you know documents and delegating very clearly very specific I do for graphics I do basically creative briefs where I say I need this size I need these colors I need this logo I I mean it's very specific to what I want because I've learned that the more specific I can be the less back and forth there is right Mm -hmm. and so I I think it's just figuring out what system is going to work for you and you know with your organizational personality and your style of working together on a team like whatever you just kind of have to try different things I I don't use Trello I've tried to use Trello I my tech guy and um, my assistant use Trello but I don't Mm. they just take my tasks and plug them into their Trello and it's just I tried I've tried different things and what works for me is just um, spreadsheets with timelines and checklists and calendars and editorial calendars and it just I've made it work um, without needing, you know, a full on, sure, can I use Assembla because my software developers do? Yes, yeah. I'm very familiar with how it works. It takes me four minutes to file a ticket. 
And I know when I'm right. filing, I have to be very specific and have screenshots and screen shares or whatever, right? So I've just learned all these things over time and I'm able to kind of make them all work together to make this whole train go faster and faster. Erin, I really appreciate you sharing that about the, like really finding your own thing. And for those of you uh, listening to us right chat right now, um, let me know in the comments, like what system do you use or are you just um, a paper and pen kind of gal and you know that that's the thing I feel like in the beginning I was under under pressure from all the other successful entrepreneurs like I need to be using Asana I need to be using this and that and this and that and if I'm not I'm not going to be successful no you have to find your own thing and like Jennifer says she uh, Jennifer Dono uh, thank you so much hun for listening and tuning in today um she said that uh, most project management management tools drive me crazy google sheets and trello heart I love that and then um while we're reading the comments um Tabitha Day Fillon said Erin Chase is my girl crush. She rocks time management. (laughs) I love that. Thank you so much, Tabitha, for tuning in. I really appreciate that. And then Jennifer asks a question. I think I missed this. Are the people she's talking about outsourced executive assistants? I, um, I don't, they are, um, I don't think they're your, they're executive assistants per se. Erin, do you want to take this question? Sure. So I would say that Jen, is, she wouldn't call herself an executive assistant, but I would. Um, she would be an EA and then everybody else is just a virtual assistant. There's only, um, I do have one local personal assistant who works just a couple hours a week for me, mostly doing stuff for the business. On occasion, she'll do kind of a life task for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, she's working and she's part of our team for um, the FreezeZ program. So like I have pencil edits on paper that I need her to go into the software and make the updates to. And so that's something that a local person needs to do because I'm not going to mail the edits anywhere. So she's going to pick those up this afternoon, right? And then she'll get the edits updated. Um, That's not something I have to do, so that's something that she can do. So because she's local, we're able to pull that off. But I only have one local assistant working a couple hours a week, and then everybody else I would call a virtual assistant. I love that you shared that. Okay, yeah, because Ina Olympiuk says um, she's more like a paper and pen uh, girl kind of too. So I love that. Thank you so much for those uh, of you who shared in the comments. I really appreciate that. And Erin, thank you so much for for being here. And in closing, I want to ask you, do you have any advice for mom entrepreneurs who are starting out and are growing their businesses? I think don't be afraid, take the risk. If it's a need that you see and there's a gap in the market, whatever that market may be, and you think you have the solution that's going to fill it, then go for it. Good advice, Erin. Again, thank you so much for being on the Mompreneur Show. And thank you all so much for watching us live. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, for those of you who want to stay after the show and have a party, um, you can always stay and we'll have a party in the comments. And Erin, I'm going to let you go. Um, And I really, again, appreciate you for being here. Thank you so much. Sure, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I'll talk to you later. Thank you so much for watching. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Erin is an incredible guest and I hope you got a lot out of this episode. I'm your host, Vicky Lashenko, and this is a show that features amazing stories of the most remarkable mompreneurs. I hope to see you live next time every single Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern for more lively conversations just like this.